Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox post-game show. Coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. we got Vinny Duber on my far left. Follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. I think I already said that. Man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eknerall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, you can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show. And shout out to Drake and Fred in the chat uh, already commenting. And we already got four likes as well. And Matthew Gregory's popping up as well. So make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button if you're watching us live. Make sure you're subscribing to us on YouTube. And if you're uh, you know listening to us, on the podcast. Audio audio only. I need to make yeah. a request to you specifically. Ooh. We don't get to interact with the people who listen podcast only much. It's true. I think if they do, I think it's like Todd, Todd. Who, yes. who, who, who Twitters in. Mm-hmm. Leave a review. Why not? Oh, you know? Yeah. Most of the reviews are either saying that I need to put on shorts or Herb needs to put on put on shorts or Herb needs to clean up his language. Uh, but like, like give us or, or the one time. Are there really, there's really a review that's complaining about Herb swearing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Herb yes. brings it up a ton. That's tremendous. And then the one. And then there's ones that want you to wear shorts or want you to no, eliminate they, the shorts. They don't like his legs for some reason. And except for Mailman Jack. Mama and Jack loves his yeah. gams, and then everybody else who comments is like, hey, put some shorts on. It's like, we're not that type of show, guys. But We like to show off our legs every once in a while, and what, I like to cuss. One of our guys is Sam, and Sam told me to put on shorts, but Sam continues to pop up. So I think Sam is more of a Sox fan uh, than a crusader for me to wear pants. Um, you guys got your wish today. I um, mean, also, it's about to be, you know... That six-month-long season in Chicago where you have to wear pants every day. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it was wearing shorts because it was hot. Right. Um. Uh. Anyways, it's not like we. My point is, it's not like we live. It's not like this is like LSAG or uh, <laughs> SNDG. You know, it's not yeah. hot all the time. It's not a year-round thing. It's a special occasion when you get to wear shorts in Chicago. Uh, on Sunday show, Justin Michael said, "Can you all bring a little more class to the show? Hoodie and short shorts." My eyes. Hoodie and short shorts. He watched. Thanks for the watch, Justin. Hey, I thought yeah. my thighs looked good that day. My bad. Um, anyways, White good Sox. Thigh, good thigh day. Good thigh day. Uh, <laughs> there's good hair day, folks, uh, and there's good thigh days. Uh, my, good I'm not I'm not having a good hair day today. It's trouble. Hey, Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't had a good hair day in maybe like seven one, years. One might say, though, that it's impossible for you to have a bad hair day. Mm. I would look love, on the sunny side. I would love the sunny side is great. We'll talk yeah. about them later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love to have a bad hair day. Oh, okay. All well, right. So I'm just telling you it's, it's happening now. If you need <laughs> hair compliments, come to me. All I'm right. your guy. All right. How you doing? Her bad hair day. Good hair day. I always have a bad hair day. That's why. Well, actually my hair is always good, but I sweat. <laughs> so that's why the hats. Steven, good hair day, bad hair day for you. I feel like it's always the same for me. This is it. Herb, you, your best hair day was when you came in with the, uh, the the different color. Oh, yeah. I remember that back in the day. Yeah, and I was, I was so hair. surprised. I came in the next day. I had the day off, and you just took your hat. I'm like, whoa, what the hell is this? Kind of rusty. Yeah. Yeah, yellowish. Wait, you Orange-ish. did do that. Yeah, he yeah. dyed his hair. It's been a long time ago. He lost a bet. Can, and can you find he's about to lose. He's about to lose another bet, too. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I did a dumb bet. 
Do you right. pay that one's going to cost you more. Zell? That one's going to cost well, you. Zell. It's going to cost you more than a bottle of hair dye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for each White Sox loss, I will pay Sean a dollar. I should probably get into that. <laughs> White Sox lose. Uh, and uh, that wasn't the bet, by the way. Yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, it's, uh, I bet that Benintendi would hit ten home runs, and he's only at five. But a weekend in Boston can can help everything. He's going to hit five homers in one series. Three, and then. You know, got two more series. Hit one in the Arizona series. Hit one in the San Diego series. Save me. Herb, come on, Benny. I'll make you a bet right now. There's nine games left. There are. If Andrew Benatendi, mm-hmm. the Andrew Benatendi, that hits guy? five home runs in the next nine games yep. he plays in. Yep. They, they could, this could go to 2024 if you want. You do not have to pay me $100. If he hits five home runs, you would owe me something. Well, no, because our bet is for five in 2020 or 10 in 2023. Steven, yeah. I'm not I'm following saying, this. I'm saying that, what, there's nine games left? You and I are doing oh, he ever today. in his White Sox career hits five home runs in a, in a nine-game set? I'm saying he, I'm, it's not for sure and certain that he's playing the next nine games. No. Right? So if he in you know only plays eight games, you'll get opening day of 2024, too. I'll be nice. I'm saying the next nine major league baseball games, sanctioned major league baseball games that he plays in, regular season baseball games. He hits five home runs in the next nine baseball games he plays in. Uh, you do not have to pay me $100, or I will give you your $100 back. Herb, I would not do this for this one reason. He doesn't have to pay me anything. He's just, he's just doing this to extend the bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He just wants another oh, six months of complaining about Benintendi. Extend the bit. They signed him for five years. They lose 13-3 to in Washington. Uh, we're going to talk about poor Michael Kopech. We're going to talk about Vinny's very timely uh, Gregory Santos article. You think that he... Uh, are you a... I feel like we're getting into October... I feel like you could probably give us readings. I mean, you just knew the future that Gregory Santos is going to be placed on the IL. Uh, and then we'll get into the next nine games for the White Sox and maybe talk about Aaron Rowan and how surprising it is that he was a rookie in 2001. That is surprising. But uh, so, but it's, it's, it, you're talking about October and it being spooky, but my uh, supernatural pow- power is not that I can communicate with the dead. It's that I can communicate with those who have elbow inflammation. <laughs> <laughs> Useful. Right Useful. or left for you? What? I thought you said you have elbow. Inflammation. My elbow is fine. Oh. I can communicate, apparently. That's what you're setting oh, up there. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, oh I yeah. got you. I got you. you instead of talking, like, instead of being the kid from the sixth sense that right. can talk to the dead, you can right. talk to... Okay. Once they get healed, like Liam Hendricks, do you not have it anymore? Correct. Just away. Okay. Uh, apparently, this is this was Sean's bit, and he he abandoned it. I'm sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> Shocker! Uh, the kid with ADHD got distracted because uh, Matthew Gregory was commenting, and he's uh, saying you could be covering the Bears, you could be worse. Uh, and then I got a text that uh, Alan Williams resigned. Uh, so if 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 you are interested in that Bears uh, story that has been developing, that Rob Elgis is covering with the AB7 Eyewitness News, um, there's your update from uh, Hallis Hall. Um, let's get into the White Sox. Rudale says, let's go. Almost at 100 losses. Uh, that was some of the talk that we had today. Uh, we were, were giving them, I think, 94 losses. Um, but Not, yeah. Yeah, now, now that has changed, and they are at 95 losses. Correct. Um, so five away from 100. Got nine games left. Are they going to do it? Whew. I mean, they had to take two out of three versus the Nationals to uh, give me an outside chance of not hitting that 100. So I don't think so. Boston, they might get one this weekend. I mean, Chris Sales put you on Saturday, right? I'll get confirmation. And so, like, 
it's going to be really tough. They need to take two out of three versus the um, Boston team because the Arizona team is really good. Chris Sale Friday. Ooh. Even, like, ask the Cubs. Like, the Cubs, you think they're good. They got demolished by the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then the San Diego Padres have nothing to play for, but they're a better team than the White Sox with better stars. So when they come to town, it might be a massacre. So I would say the White Sox would not win five games before they lose five. I mean, here here is really the only thing you need to, to think of. Well, first, the Diamondbacks are playing for a playoff spot. They are. So they got in their minds, they got to win all three of those games. Mm-hmm. But even in those two series where the, where the opponents aren't playing for something – I believe the last time the White Sox won a series was uh, about the a week after the trade deadline or right around the same The Yankees series. Right? Yeah, it was the Yankees series at home. Uh, so that was, I think, August 7th or right around yep. there. Uh, Killed the Yankees. That's the last time they won a series. They've split a couple, I believe, since then, uh, but they have not won one. Um, they have three series to go the way they've been playing. Um, you would think they would probably not get more than three wins, and that that's, that's not going to do it. So that that would it, it sure looks like 100 losses is is very realistic if not likely to happen. I mean they don't it, have any pitching. If the Diamondbacks who are playing for a playoff spot sweep them, that means they'd have to go 5 and 1 against Boston and San Diego <laughs> to avoid 100 losses. Yeah, that's not happening. They're 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 going to have 100 losses. I think it'll be 100 or 101. I, I think that it will it will be some lopsided series. They're not going to win another one. Um, to go through the pitching matchups against Boston, uh, off day tomorrow, so we'll talk a little bit about it more tomorrow. But uh, Toussaint versus Sale, L? prime pitching matchup. Um, I don't know if it's an L. L. Chris Sale isn't He's good. not that good, but still. And Tukey has been Sox. like kind of off and on fine. <laughs> he has been. He's had, He has bad games, and he has games where he's fine. Yeah. He's very good on Tuesdays, but like I don't know, he had that. He hasn't been good for a while. Like he had that really good start against uh, the Rangers. I think he. Yeah, struck I didn't out like say nine. he's like all star caliber. I, I just you're said right, he right, pitches fine right. sometimes. Um, he, he does pitch fine sometimes. <laughs> uh, Chris Sale has had four games against the Sox. Last time pitching against them was 2019 in June. Uh, every start has gone at least five innings. Um, his worst start: five innings, ten hits. Uh, five earned runs and nine strikeouts. He strike out. He's struck out uh, at least nine batters uh, every time. Uh, struck out nine in 2017. Uh, struck out ten in 2018, and both times in 2019 he struck out ten. So, I don't know. He's been pretty good against the White Sox. So I don't know. Tukey's gonna. Tukey's got a lot to. A lot on his plate to go up against. So yeah, probably a no. I think I was. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, my bad. Let's get into this game because I know what's happening. Um, Michael Kopech opened for the White Sox. We've been talking a lot about Michael Kopech being a starter and then them moving him to the bullpen. Technically being an openers in the bullpen, right? Yeah. I mean, he started today. There's only one pitcher that starts every game, and it's the one who pitches first. So, (laughs) like, let me ask this then. Why didn't they just do this? Great question. Thank you. And why did they make him... Pitch out of the bullpen twice? Great question. Right? There was two relief, three relief? At least three. three. Why? I don't know. It was bad. I don't know if they thought it out properly. Like, he could have, like you said, could have done this, and they would have had 
probably the same results and whatever they were looking for would have been the same. And I think most people would have been like, I get it. You want to give him positive results to end the year, but you don't want him to go, you know, extended periods of time and see if he can pitch through that first inning, which in this game, you know, we only gave up one unearned run. So in his in his uh, season, this is a pretty good start for him because he only gave up one earned run in the first inning. But yeah, this was a this was a comedy of errors with Michael Kopech where they put him to the bullpen. It's a demotion. You're going to be putting a person with uh, self-esteem, not self-esteem, like confidence problems mm-hmm. on the mound, and you're giving him a demotion for what? Like, was it anything to benefit him or was it just to try something out? It seemed weird. And if you're going to do a starter thing with him or opener thing with him today, it just seemed like not congruent with the plan where to put him into the bullpen. So you could have just did this the whole time and taken him out early in games. Like, hey, we're just working on Michael and getting him confidence going into next year, building him back up so we can get some things right for 2024. But I didn't think that bullpen thing didn't work at all. Well, and also today, like, what are you doing to Jesse Schultons? Like, oh, again, yeah. like, like we, I, I don't think anybody up here is like, oh my God, look how impressive Jesse Schultons has been. He's a slam dunk for the rotation next year. But the guy is auditioning for a spot, he right? Is. And like, even if it hasn't been an impre- impressive audition, is it, shouldn't you let him finish it? Like, why are you having him come in in the with two outs in the second inning? They're already losing. He, you know, he's going out there and giving up grand slams. Let him stay in his routine. Now you've broken up the routine of two guys who, for for seemingly, I mean, I don't want to say no reason. They've said why they've done it for reasons that are perhaps don't make the most sense. We'll put it that way. But um, again, not that Jesse Schultz has been so great, and you need to change all your plans because of him, but. Uh, you screwed him up today too with what with, with doing this. Like it just I don't know what what they were thinking. Obviously, yeah. the way they deployed Schultons, they obviously wanted Kopech to go two innings, but yeah. he went out there and had a rocky first inning. You said Herb that he you, you thought he did okay. Still gave up a run in the only in the only inning that he uh, had. He gave up a leadoff double, hit a batter. He's got uh, Carlos Perez nearly pulling Hanser Alberto stuff with Tim Anderson again over at third base. Uh, it was a chaotic inning, to say the least, for Michael Kopech, who the one thing he needs right now is a 1-2-3 inning. He needs just a smooth, regular inning, and even today, they did not get that for him. By his first three pitches, he had two runners on. By his first six pitches, he had a run in. Like, that's just, it's 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 a horrible start. And not in a bad way where, like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not what he needed, like you said. I mean, he needed one, two, three. He needed breezy, nine innings, nine pitches. He needed to see the ball go in. I'll use every metaphor possible. Um, and, and this just wasn't it. Like, And let's go to the stuff uh, quickly here. For, not quickly, but uh, let's go to the stuff, uh, Stephen, because Kopech goes an inning, allows one hit, uh, one run. It's unearned, no walks. So that's good. That's positive. <laughs> one strikeout. And you, he faced like five batters. Baby steps, right. man. <laughs> uh, he throws fourteen pitches, and Herb, you you said it was a positive outing. I think they, if he looks at the overall outing, he would say yes, it's not majorly good. But out of his starts and out of his appearances lately, that's a positive. He gave up zero earned runs. He can say, hey, I did let those players on, but we got the guy out at second, which is usually a bugaboo for me, where. 
throwing out runners is not a thing that my catchers can do because I take so much time on the wind up and the throw to the home. And then also I induced the ground ball that Johan could have got the guy out. Like he initially just threw it way too early, as Darren Jackson said on the broadcast, instead of running uh, Abrams to home plate and then letting Carlos Perez tag him, then he has Carlos Perez like hung out to dry and then Abrams sprinting back to third base and that terrible throw, which Tim should have caught and had Abrams out. But I would think Michael Kopech goes away and I'm sure Pedro's after to say, hey man, it's not the best, but something to build on type of thing. Big of us to listen to the radio uh, broadcast as well. Um, I did see someone, I think it was John Greenberg saying, oh man, how much is uh, ESPN 1000 oh bemoaning the fact that they are uh, airing White Sox games over uh, the mess in Hallis Hall right now. Been there. Um, and it, you know, big of us to be the two listeners. Yeah. <laughs> listening to the White Sox oh, on the radio. We've been there on the score. <laughs> when I used to work at the score, we would have some Cub game that was in the middle of September that they were out of the playoffs and then some big news break. And then we would just have people come in every once in a while and uh, interrupt the broadcast. Hey, we'll be after the game. And, you know, don't turn this gar- garbage game off. <laughs> we saw the breaking news. Don't worry. Um, yeah, about them. They, they got the White Sox and the Bears on ESPN 1000. Who friends. Well, we're going to flash this, go. <laughs> the uh, stuff and the results for Kopech in just a second here. Uh, but, Vinny, I know you're an avid uh, 30 Rock watcher. I am. Um, I can't think of an, an actual, like, bit um, from the show, so I'm going to make one up here. I'm going to take some creative. Uh, I'm going to take some creative liberty here. But what would Jack Donaghy say if they were producing at NBC um, like a special of Jenna Maroney covering the hits of Hank Williams Jr.? So this is a reference to when she has to do the the song for Tennis Night in America. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is that is what that I guess recall I'm right of. there. That's what perfect. you're trying to think. I, of, I, I right. was trying to think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess Jack was supportive of that, but how many what? times have you seen uh, Thirty Rock? All the way through? Yeah, like four or five. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking of shut it down. Uh, you're gonna look at these uh, the the stuff from Kopech here, or at least I do, and these 14 pitches. Um, this is a disaster. There is no reason why this man should be pitching right now. If they made the decision to move him to the bullpen, they should have stuck with that. And if they didn't like what they saw and he had the bullpen, uh, the bull, uh, the blow up, I'm sorry, too many uh, B words we're using right here, the blow up after that uh, relief outing uh, on Saturday, they should have said, we are going to end your 2023. We are going to focus on you having the best offseason possible. Let's just shut it down. And yet they go out here and they change the plan again. Now you're going to be an opener. You didn't like being in the bullpen because you were a starter for 25 games. So let's kind of make you a quasi starter. And here's 14 pitches from Michael Kopech that absolutely just stink. Um, nine sliders from Kopech today. My, my eyesight is bad. Yeah, nine sliders today from Kopech. Four forcing fastballs, one changeup. And the thing that sticks out massively is on that four-seam fastball, the velocity being down <laughs> 1.3 miles per hour. Uh, just no effectiveness on any pitch. Uh, two whiffs on his uh, slider, but uh, those were the only whiffs he got. One called strike. Um, again, hit a batter on that slider as well. Um, just he <laughs> looks bad. He, he does not look like he has that zip that confidence, that velocity. I don't know what the White Sox are trying to do with him right now, uh, and they just got to shut it down completely. My, my, my guess is that they're trying to get anything out of him, right? And I, and, and I don't mean that they need that for wins the rest of the season, right? They're so far out of it and have been for a long time, but anything that they can point to 
to say, that's what we can build on this winter, and that's what you can jump into next year on. They are very committed to him, at least in the words that Pedro Grafola said over and over again, very committed to him being a starter next year. We've talked about how they don't have any other starting pitchers, so they need him to be. Uh, but, man, they, they are not getting it, and it is just more of the same, right? And they, they're like, ah, throw him. Maybe if we throw him in the bullpen, he only goes out there for one inning. He doesn't have the amount of opportunity to have the bad results that he has, has had throughout the entirety of the season. Uh, there was the, the great thing that Michael told me in that interview that made, made this make a lot more sense about the way he was dwelling on things during the four days in between starts. If he just has to be ready to go every single day, he can't dwell on it like that. That makes all, that makes some sense. But all four of these relief outings, and I guess this, I guess you would say this has been the best one, Herb. Right? Oh. If we're counting yeah. it, right? Yeah. Uh, they've all been they've all been bad, and they've all been more of the same. We've seen him continue to struggle with the command. We've seen him continue to struggle to keep the ball in the ballpark. We've seen him continue to struggle to keep runs off the board. Those are three things that he needs to master, that he needs to completely reverse in order to be a successful pitcher period next year. Um, they could, they need, they really need him to do it on a six, seven innings at a time basis. But I mean, as Pedro alluded to the last time he talked about this, he said, you know, Hey, if he shows up to spring training and this doesn't work out, we can have him do the other thing. Cause he's shown some versatility that doesn't strike me as a plan. Nope. And, and it, it, it speaks, it speaks to what they think of the guy. It speaks to them believing that he is a good pitcher and they will be able to have him in a successful role of some kind, but it doesn't sound like a plan. And the way that they have gone about trying to earn him one shred of positivity here to, uh, over the final month of the season has seemed, I don't want to say f- more detrimental, but we are easily able to point to a way that just keeping him as a starter might have worked better. And you said, you said, Sean, you know, your point, you, you think like you're treating maybe today, like it's them going back on it. I don't see today being them moving him back to the rotation. I see it the same way that they've used whoever as an opener before Tanner Banks, who was the second pitcher today. Less of like the way they're using him though, but it'd be the, we're going to get you back on a starter's routine. But this isn't a starter's routine. He was he's going out there to pitch one game, one inning. He could be in the Boston game in three days. With the rest that they've had him on, right? I mean, I guess. I, guess. Yeah. I mean, we don't really, I don't, and we don't have a comment to clarify because I, I honestly was kind of taken aback that he was even opening. Yeah, it had it came out last night post game. We it was during our show. Uh, Daryl tweeted it out saying that that was the plan. But but yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's been weird. It's been confusing. We have all struggled to make sense of it. And um, while there are some tiny little things where you could go like, okay, it, I mean, Michael himself said he thinks he, he believes that he could have solved the problems or attacked the problems that he's been experiencing while remaining in the rotation. And um, it's going to be interesting to see if when we get to the very end of the season, because who knows, this might not have been the last time we see Kopech this year, right? There's still nine games left. He could pitch one, two, three more times. If they can truthfully say he walked out of the building and off to into the offseason with something to build off of, because we have not seen that in the handful of uh, outings that he's had since they made this decision. I just wonder how they thought that he was going to become a better starting pitcher by not being a starting pitcher. Like, I don't know if in recent history we've seen this happen with a person on the same team on this with the same coaching staff 
getting demoted to the bullpen, and then coming back the next year, being a starter and being better than he was the time before. So the plan was all messed up from jump. And so, of course, the results are going to be bad because he's not in a good mind space and he doesn't have command of any of his pitches. And if you're not having command of your pitches as a bullpen guy, that's going to be even harder for you for us to judge you on. Because one thing Michael does after the first inning, he settles in. Second, third, fourth, much better ERA than the first and the fifth inning. And then that third time around, Michael gets hit up, hit up again. So it just didn't make sense from the jump. And now... I think maybe confusion with us and I don't know if they made the decision last night because that's when it came out or they had this in the plans for a long time, but it doesn't just make sense that they did it firstly. And now they're going to do a opener thing with them. Are they going to continue with the opener thing every fifth day to get them back on track on that? Or is he just going to be a bullpen guy ready on Friday or Saturday or Sunday for Boston, which man, that must be tough because he lost his starting spot to the place, and he's going back to the place that drafted him with Yoan Mancata and then going to be facing the, the pitcher that got traded for him. I would be thinking, man, they won the trade. I'm like, motherfucker, they won a World Series. Sorry, guy, I cussed. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they, they're like, oh, man, they, they won a World Series with this dude. Look at he's out there p- pitching still, throwing 95, striking out nine White Sox batters, and Yoan Mancata is going to be making a bunch of money being bad, and their guy that we got from him, as the minor league pitcher of the year for their system, is now in the bullpen. Yeah, we won the trade. I'll be real hard on those two to go back to Boston and have their heads up. I'll be very sad this weekend to see that. Unless we get those Benintendi home runs. I don't know. <laughs> that trade's been seven years ago. Oh, my God. You don't think Who those cares? they're feeling Oh, they're feeling it. They're feeling it. Why? The Boston people, like, oh, yeah, we picked the right person. Because I remember there was consternation on... Are we oh, going to trade Devers, De- Devers oh, or Moncada? It's like, we picked the right person. Yeah, I mean, sure. They did. That's clear. Oh, yeah. But Devers is really good. Devers is hey, really you're just good. spilling beer all I would rather. My phone just fell, so I was like, should I save my phone under the beer? I would rather have uh, <laughs> Rafael Devers than Yoan Moncada. But, I mean, like, you won your championship. Like, you, we needed a trade sale. You guys needed to, like, good job on your GM who was, like, Two GMs ago, like, didn't you fire him? Like, who cares? Like, and then you left M- Mookie Betts go. So, like, you were ran really well up until 2018. Now you suck, and you're living in the past. Welcome to what we're doing. We're gonna take a break. They're they okay. Suck. I would say I yeah. don't know if they suck. They're just not up to their standards. Yeah, they're firing their general manager. Right, and they're like last in their division. They're yeah, a, in a good division. Yeah, they're, they're, they're 500. Right. They they might they. I They're not be, happy. I would be oh, willing no. to say that if they were in the central, they would maybe be winning the central. That's the oh. elephant in the room. Easily. <laughs> we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to let you know. And we're going to get back to the Kopech thing. Hell, if you the think we're done with the Kopech thing, we're going to get back to the Kopech Nationals thing. are smashing the White Sox. You, Boston's not going to smash them? I don't know. I don't, I don't care. Just do, just do your ad read, Sean. Just, just get to 100 losses or don't. Um, and will Luis Robert Jr. hit 40 home runs? And if he doesn't, 
I probably win 100 bucks. Um, anyways, let's let you know about Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. I told you the break was coming. Foreshadowing. Uh, it's your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kind of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. They have easy online ordering and in-store pickup to make it easy. And plus, they have a great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards, so you get rewarded for your purchases. It's Illinois' favorite dispensary. Herb loves the Wrigleyville location. There's also the Elmwood Park location. Shout out to Johnny's Beef. Uh, Shout out to uh, Lawrence Benedetto. Uh, And they also have the Sunnyside House of Brands, which you can explore and learn more from their bud tenders like Mindy's, Good News, Cresco, High Supply, Flora Kale, Wonder, and Remedy. Now, through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25, CHGO25, at checkout for 25% off your total order, one use per customer. That's not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. If you've gone to Sunnyside before, but you haven't used code CHGO25 at sunnyside.shop, anyone can use the code. So if if you've never used the code before, you can use the code. Uh, Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card. Holder. Also want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. I don't know if the... Oh, the one... The Vinny bobblehead made it. Look at that. Uh, the, the Southpaw slash Vinny Duber bobblehead is uh, bobbling away uh, behind Herb and Vinny. Should we get, get him out? Oh, he's a little... He's very springy. He is. He, he's almost like a whole bobble person. Yeah. I think he's only got the one foot down. Interesting. He's he's posable. Is he? No. Oh, that's what he was. Uh, go check out all of their posable and non-posable bobbleheads uh, at foco.com. Get fed in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Uh, if you're like that, did you guys see that uh, Cowboys fan? Um, which one? There's a Cowboys fan uh, who has like a crazy, you know, man cave or whatever. Um, man was dressed up in a Michael Parkins jersey, had cowboy football pants on, yeah. um, the whole shebang, watching a football game in his, uh, like, upstairs uh, third bedroom. Um, you know, it's like, hey, you can have a walk-in closet, honey, or I'm going to have a Dallas Cowboys man cave. Um, but Did he go to FOCO for that? He probably went to FOCO. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man. That guy got a lot of stuff from FOCO. Uh, check out FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below for on that pre-sale items. Use the promo code C-H-G-O for 10% off. Hey, Southpaw, should people go to FOCO and try to get an Andrew Benintendi, University of Arkansas bobblehead? He's saying yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nodding his head yes. yes Good work, Southpaw. Good job, Southpaw. Um, so we, we had talked about a little bit of the uh, news yesterday, the new additions to the White Sox front office. One of them is now the, we, we don't know, reportedly, I think, this is now the director of pitching, uh, right? It's quite the quite the, the title. The pointer of pitching. Yeah. Just like, um, you go there, pitching. You go there. Brian Bannister is from the Giants organization. Uh, I think Andrew Baggerly, who covers the Giants. That he does. Uh, from NBC Sports, San Fran, uh, said that that is a very big loss for the Giants organization. Um, and this is from Dave Lorio. Uh, shout out to him from Fangraphs. Uh, writing up about uh, every hire for the White Sox. He wrote up about uh, Josh... Barfield. Barfield. Um, and then you also write up about uh, Brian Bannister and how Bannister helped Kevin Gosman. Uh, Gosman, a former first-round uh, pick fourth overall and I remember watching him with Baltimore and being like how is this guy not good how is this guy not good this guy has everything that you need 
How is he not good? And you look at Michael Kopech, he's got everything you need. How is he not good? Oh, you think Brian Bannister is going to come in and turn him around? I think Banny just might do it. Give him a splitter? Uh, well, I don't know about the splitter. We'll get, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, Brian Bannister, big fan of splitters. Big fan of lefties. Michael Kopech does not throw a splitter and is not a lefty. Oh, so some, some, some notched points there. Um, but uh, Banny, our guy, uh, I think, too, with, with Kopech, we've seen the determination. We've seen the, the want, the will, to willingness to, to want to be good. Um, what Dave has is a quote from Gosman. Uh, their big thing over there, being the Giants, is pitching to your strengths. And we do things to kind of teach ourselves what we're good at, explained Gosman, who previously really pitched for the Baltimore Orioles, Atlanta Braves, and Cincinnati Reds. For me, it was pitching up in the zone. My bullpens would be focused on strings up in the zone, trying to throw them above them, and then on splits down in the zone. Brian Bannister, who Gosman called one of the best pitching minds he's ever been around, played an important role. The righty pointed to Bannister's knowledge of how grips work for each individual pitcher, how an arm path works, and, quote, uh, what you can do to manipulate a ball. Gosman wasn't the only beneficiary. San Francisco's director of pitching also helped Anthony DiScalfani have a career year. Quote, his stuff took another step. And quote, Gosman said of his former Cincinnati teammate, whose personal best included a 1.37 or 1. a 3.17 ERA. Uh, Bannister showed him uh, some little things. We would call it Seam FX, it's seam shifted wake, and defense Scalfani's sinker is one of those pitches. I think he told him, quote, if you could just move your wrist a little bit more, you're going to get this much more run on your two-stream, two end quote. Um, and then Gosman also said that Ganderster, uh, Bannister called, taught him the best slider he's ever thrown. Uh, and uh, I think that's really important because we see Kopech, again, feature the slider the most. It seems like a pitch he's probably most comfortable with. We know that Kopech has an incredible fastball when he has that velocity. He already has great tail. Uh, if Bannister can come in and tweak that slider, it's just getting another pitch for Kopech. And if he can actually have one and two pitches, we've seen how dominant he can be. Uh, we showed the game scores where he's up at uh, a 90 game score going eight innings with one hit allowed. He just needs a second pitch consistently. And if he gets a second pitch, hey, maybe we could work on a third pitch. Yeah. But right now, I mean, the biggest thing is just can Michael Kopech throw a fastball and throw a slider and at least, you know, at least we're, we're basically going to the testimonials here for Brian Bannister. Uh, the testimonials from Kevin Gosman. Two thumbs up. Well, firstly, Michael Kopech needs to throw a first pitch. That fastball is everywhere. Like, he can't spot that. He can't command it. Point. And so get that first fixed. And, yes, if you can tr teach him a slider or a splitter, which I would uh, – splitter would be chef's kiss. When's the last time we had a good splitter pitcher like Jose Contreras? It, but it's been a yeah, while. But Didn't he throw – a fork ball. He threw a fork ball, fork. right? Yeah. S similar pitches. They both tumbled to the lower part of the uh, zone. So that would be something that I would be in for. And Michael Kopech is a big part of the White Sox building a good starting rotation next year because it seems like they're going forward with him being the guy as far as what you've heard, right, Vinny? That he's going to be still in the starting rotation yeah, in their plans. Absolutely, so, yeah. So, yeah, they need to get him fixed, and that would be – Brian Bannister's, I think, biggest job is to fix Michael Kopech. Because if you fix Michael Kopech, that's a top of the rotation arm right there. Real quick, because I, I get your, your your want for a splitter here, but I mean those guys are are pretty rare. Um, yeah. How many how many guys actually throw a splitter more than twenty five percent of their arsenal? Your Ten. guess, twenty two. 
So I mean, it's it's a pretty rare. Yeah, thing. and the I mean, one thing like Kyle do. Finnegan's uh, your your guy from the Nationals throws. What's one. the uh, what's the Japanese player from uh, the Mets? Those like a fork splitter. Uh, Senga, Kodai Senga. Yeah, those pitches work. That's a ghost ball is pretty fa- uh, favorable. Yeah, look they, what it no. look what the look what the number is. They work, but also Senga's like go be Shohei. That's like saying go be Shohei Otani. Like I mean, that's like it's a very difficult pitch, is what I'm saying. Like it, it Jose is. Contreras used to hold a softball in between his yeah, massive hands. Like you have out to his have little fingers, massive hands, and uh, a 16 inch softball. And Mike, Michael Kopech was a quarterback, so he's got big hands. This br- this brings up a conversation I was just having uh, over the weekend. Uh, with the great James Fegan, of course, uh, which was back in the day when you'd go to create a pitcher in the video game that you were playing, you'd always give them the weirdest pitches you could possibly give them. That's true. Everybody now is just like pitch, you know, fastball, slider, sweeper, uh, I'm done. Maybe a changeup, you're done. Yeah. What happened to screwball? Mm-hmm. What happened to forkball? What happened to uh, slurve? Fosh. Uh, you know, <laughs> we need all the weird pitches to come back. That's you, what I say. You had one in the White Sox locker room. Didn't take advantage. Brent Honeywell throws a screwball. He's the only pitcher in Major League Baseball who throws a screwball. Didn't not work. well. It didn't a screwball. Well. It didn't work very well. Not well. <laughs> no, it didn't. And that's 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 why people don't throw them because it's hard but and it rips up your elbow. But they're silly, and that's what we need. <laughs> Grand opening, Grant closing for uh, Brent Honeywell too. We need to allow pitchers to use uh, pig lard on the 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 mound. Pig lard. Yeah. Are you to uh, get, to get spin. I guess I'm you, Quimby. Mayor Quimby? <laughs> slash Nixon. We'll figure it out. Ken, I think you're trying to be Kennedy, right? I don't know. Um, it wasn't a good Nixon. It, it, wasn't, was a, it was a fine attempt at a Kennedy. It was a bad Nixon. There was no <laughs> attempt at all. So I will take, maybe it was a John F. Kennedy impersonation. Um, anyways, you're right that Kopech needs a pitch. And as Melissa mentions, Kopech has had 11 batters this season. He had three last year. Um, it seems like control is just an issue for him. And I, I and I would just theorize, right? I'm not a scientist here. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not. You know, uh, well equipped in theorizing and, and writing down theories. But I think a big thing is Kopech doesn't have a ton of stamina. I think that's going to be a large part of the offseason work. Um, is becoming an actual starting pitcher with starting pitcher stamina. And I would go to assume that right now, especially probably from June to this point, Kopech is dealing with some sort of lower body soreness, and it's just getting extremely difficult for him to repeat those mechanics over and over and over again. And I think that's what's then leading to the wildness and the lack of control and the lack of ability to spot the fastball because we saw last year that, I mean, that fastball was extremely deadly once he was out there. I mean, we're seeing dip in velocity. We're seeing lack of control. I don't think that he has the ability right now to physically repeat his mechanics due to the lack of stamina because you see the stuff with Ethan Katz. I mean, he's all about core velocity and, and, and making sure that, you know, the lower body is what is propelling you. And we saw what that did for Carlos Rodon. We saw, um, you know, uh, Jimmy Lambert, et cetera, t- t- uh, not Tanner Banks, but the guy, Davis Martin. Um, like we saw improvements for a lot of those guys. I, I'd be shocked that Ethan Katz is now just being like completely lost on how to fix Michael Kopech. I, I think it would have to be something with Michael himself. And that's why he is so frustrated with his performance because he can't do what he is being coached to do and what he probably thinks he knows he can do and has done before in his career. Well, we haven't we haven't heard anything about that. That's 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 a theory. Guessing and guessing, yeah, that's better. And I think and now listen, it's not completely uneducated 
right? Because obviously we all know the story of Michael Kopech's career to this point. It has been difficult for him to rack up innings, right? The, the kind of innings that most starting pitchers, particularly at this stage in their career, have already gone through. He has not had the exact same track as many other folks. And we saw even last year during a season where he was a starting pitcher for the whole season, still dealing with some you know minor maladies here and there that, that affected him along the way. He had uh, an injured list trip earlier this season. And so, you know, not completely out of left field with that, Sean. But I will say that we have heard pretty open conversation from both Michael and Pedro on the things on the other side of the game, the non-physical stuff that have him, have been affecting him. And, and so um, what we can point to is that kind of thing. And we can continue to wonder how is he going to go about solving that side of things when... Basically, it's possible that this move to the bullpen stemmed completely from him being unable to solve those kind of things on that regular starter's you know routine. So he believes that he can still do it, and 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 he should get that opportunity come next year. But um, right now, it's that seems to be the the talking point right now surrounding him and why he has struggled this way. But pitching is a physical thing, right? There's obviously the mental side of the game, but you got to be able to pitch over and over again. And what he has shown is he doesn't know where the ball's going, yep. right? He doesn't know how, when he does throw the ball in the strike zone, he doesn't know how far it's going because it's gotten hit for a home run very, very often. Um, this is a guy who made his reputation coming up through the minors on blowing the ball by guys, and we're just not seeing that from him, whether it's because he's – not in the strike zone, or when he is in the strike zone, guys are able to hit it a million miles. Could be the coaching, Sean. <laughs> Could be the coaching. <laughs> Thank you, Justin Fields. Uh, we'll see if you uh, need a a post game uh, uh, like clear up session. Yeah, yeah, clear up session to 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 see if you want to backtrack on your coaching <laughs> comments here. Um, I, I we'll see. I again, I I just I want the best for Kopech. He just he seems like he's trying really really hard <laughs> and it's just it's frustrating to see him not have that success and we know the pedigree and again Tommy John in 2019 no one can control 2020 he misses two seasons completely like of course he's going to have a step back in his potential a step back in his growth but that doesn't mean that you know that athlete, uh, that athlete that was, you know, pre twenty eighteen, still is, isn't in there. I mean, maybe with age, uh, you know, that 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 athlete's gone. But I I doubt it because usually this is the the prime of your your athletic career. So I, I think Kopech. Um, I saw someone uh, tweet, you know, if the White Sox non tender Michael Kopech, uh, the Twins would pick him up. And then someone replied and was like, Yeah, so would twenty eight other teams. Oh yeah. So like yeah. I I think this is a guy that the White Sox are going to be with, and it does seem like he is a person that is is very uh, worth, you know, staking a claim, they placing a bet on in 2024. They need him. That's the bottom line. They need him. And so, you know, just like we heard, um, we, we've heard that phrase used with Michael Kopech from Pedro Grafol. We've heard that phrase used with Oscar Colas from Pedro Grafol. And, and currently, as the roster stands, they need Oscar Colas to be better too. Um, but obviously, there's been far less uh, – on that front to, to, to give you confidence as opposed to Kopech, who you've brought up kind of the flashes of brilliance and, and the moments that he has had. Uh, and, and to be fair, that 2021 season, he was awesome pitching out of the bullpen and 
you had every reason to believe that it was getting back up on the on the right trajectory after things got derailed there with those two missed seasons. Any final points? No. Nope. Any closing arguments? I think Brian Bannister and is a good hire. <laughs> okay. So it's Josh Barfield, and I'm not sure what Gene Watson does, but he's from Kansas City, so I guess the people who are already there know him. Um, someone said wrap this up for the Bears pod. I don't think we're being affected by the Bears pod at all, so uh, stop it. They have an emergency podcast at 345. We have the ability to be remote. We have the ability to go from Studio A. We have the ability to go to Studio B. We're CHGO. We got you covered. We're going to cover all the White Sox fans for as much time as we want, and your Bears coverage is going to be great, dandy, and awesome, too. They're just behind. It's on right now. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was. I just tweeted out that they're they're on. All right, we're going to take a break. Do your ad read so I can make fun of Herb's foul ball opinion afterward. Oh, and then we can put a, a bow on this, and we'll talk about Michael Kopech, I don't know, probably tomorrow. Um, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. I don't know if the warm weather is ahead, but... Um, it's, right, it's here. Well, it's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be warm uh, the next few days. It's is it? warm right now. Yeah, back in the 80s. It's not that warm right now. It was 80 degrees it's 80 out degrees there. right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's hot as hell outside. Yeah. I, just quite out I had, a, I I had literally a big, huge sweater on because it was like 60 this morning, and then it's 80 this afternoon in classic Chicago style. Midwest, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to take this hoodie off. I'm probably going to melt. Yes, uh, you are. Shader A's is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, and that's not all. Shader A's offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, it tells us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off. Two plus pairs of polarized shades. Again, shadyrays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Herb looks like uh, he works, tri- for, works for the men in black right now. Do, 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 He's going to neuralize all of us. Do, 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 Try for yourself do, the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also want to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings. Uh, oh, that's a different company. <laughs> We're back with another week of football. DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw $5 down on any week's, uh, any of this week's epic, ma- epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. Only behalf on Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensed partner, 
Gold Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Finally, uh, I guess I got to give you the DraftKings pick of the week. Uh, DraftKings pick of the week, uh, 56 and a half is the total for Alabama and Ole Miss. We're playing the under. Both offense stink. Both defenses are good. The SEC is overrated. There is no way in hell that either team is going to be able to combine uh, for eight touchdowns or more. It's probably going to be a a good old-fashioned six-to-three ball game in Tuscaloosa. No, it's college football. College football, they actually score points, unlike the NFL. Not in, not in the South. Huh? Not in the South. Huh? Not in the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have done that all day. Yeah. Because, yeah. again. You got to remember, I, I I went to school back when Mizzou was still in the Big 12. Everybody's scoring 45 points every game. That's that's football to me, baby, right there. <laughs> Apparently, some uh, guy is calling me AJ Soprano. Yikes. Uh, all right. And uh, finally, I want to let you know about <laughs> Fubo TV. Uh, 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can watch that Alabama and Old Miss game. You can watch the Notre Dame and Ohio State game as well. That one's on NBC. And you can start watching immediately with a free trial at FuboTV.com slash CHGO. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. They have over a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge, and you can watch local teams while traveling. Uh, events coming up again. We got Bears, um, and there's a Bears show that's going to happen regardless if we're on or not. So again, hold your horses. Uh, but we got Bears Week Three. Mm-hmm. Bears Week Three coming up. I uh, got Red Zone as well on Fubo, so you could watch all the little cut-ins on uh, Sunday uh, when all those games are going on. You got college football, like I mentioned, and uh, UEFA Euro qualifiers that I believe going on right now. So watch all your favorite college football and the NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com/chgo to sign up for fifteen percent off your first month of Fubo Pro. Fubotv.com/chgo. All right, you're gonna make fun of Herb. Yeah. So Herb said during the game today that. If he was at a ballpark, mm-hmm. at, at a ball game, uh, he and he caught a foul ball, or not a home run, run or a home run, but, but, but I'm gonna limit this to foul balls, okay? Because a home run is different; it yep. counts for something. Uh, foul ball. He said he would purposefully mm-hmm. not award that foul ball to a uh, young fan is in sitting in his nearby vicinity. Good, correct. I found that strange. Hey. Because you are a man, you could go to the store and buy your own baseball. I can, but that's not that's not the point. <laughs> not a game that, ball. That's a game ball. That's exactly. been rubbed up with a special mud, and I've not caught one in my whole life. I've been to many of games, and that kid, either boy or girl, can ha- has their whole life in front of them but, to catch that uh, that no. foul ball and earn it, kids. Earn your goddamn foul ball, kids. Getting giving stuff to you your whole life will set you up for thinking that you need things to be given to you your whole life. So I'm teaching you a lesson, kids. Mm. I'm teaching you a lesson. Mm. I 100% You're welcome, kids. I 100% agree. And I have zero kids myself, so. We shouldn't coddle kids. And here's the thing. All those kids have boyhood dreams, right? Or girlhood dreams. Or girlhood dreams, yeah. right? How old are they? 12. They're youngsters. At the, at the, at the oldest, 12? Yeah. Youngsters. Yeah, youngins. Herb's got a 46-year-old dream. He's a boyhood dream. That old. He's got a, there's a boy in that man. <laughs> wow. Am I, am I wow. dying? He's, He's giving you a few years. Golly. I'm <laughs> 44, jerk. Yeah, I took a guess. <laughs> I'm almost... Golly. But that, that, that's a... That's a got that, me closer to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> 
this dream is alive. This dream has been pumping. This is. dream wow. is. I meant to bring this up as a fun little way to end the show, and Sean's killing you over yeah. here. I'll say nice words at your funeral. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> it's coming soon, apparently. Whoa! <laughs> 46 now? My man Goat leaves out there giving me some uh, fun of the youth. That man looks young as hell. But yes, we'll get I you mean, uh, I'm sorry, that Michael Kopech offseason plan. I'm sorry, kids. Maybe, maybe if I'm feeling very generous, but I have like young nieces and nephews at the crib. I have a fiance who hasn't caught a ball. She's younger than me, 10 years only. Um, but still, like, why do I give it, gotta give it to your brat? <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> The kids going to the game, if they receive a foul ball, they're like, oh, my God, the magic of baseball. You're just like, yeah, I caught strike two. <laughs> they can still feel that way. They went to go and see a magical baseball game. I I <laughs> caught the magic of baseball and didn't catch a ball, and no grown-up gave me a ball when I was a child. Uh, I think this is now. Now we're yeah. getting no, a peek behind the curtain. No, like Damn I went man. to a Houston Astros-Cubs game when I was eight years old, and Kevin Bass hit one into the stands. No one hit. No one say, hey, kid, here's a ball. Love baseball forever. And that was I the still end of did. Herbie Sunshine. Yeah, exactly. The Cub fans killed my dream. No, but no, I would, I mean, I, if there's a kid, especially if he's not, he or she's not crying, just like, hey, mister, can I have that ball? There you go, kid. No, but they shouldn't ask. You should be oh, like, no. I'm going to make your day, kid. There's, there's an old, there's make a, your day. Why? There's an old saying. There's an old saying. You don't ask, you don't get. That's from my guy, Thomas Hall. Don't ask, you don't get. And it teaches them a valuable lesson. If you want the ball, Come and ask me politely. Hey, sir, can I have the ball? Instead of having a bunch of adults browbeat me for, oh, give the ball to a kid. Oh, give the ball to a kid. How about your kid catch the ball? Guy, Chuck, <laughs> Steven. Sorry, I just wow, made up Steven. the name. Chuck Garfine and Steven Nichols. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Most and tall. Steven, just, what do they do to you, Herb? I, yeah. yeah, no, I don't, I don't get this. I think this is silly, personally, <laughs> because I think if you're an adult, what are you even doing with a ball? Well, it's like Zach. It's Campbell. not like a thing that's like a ma- like a great thing. That kid's gonna have that on his like his or her nightside table for like the next five years. Weeks. You're gonna go home, throw that thing in your garage, and forget about it. I guarantee there's <laughs> not a, gonna have that. Mantle. There's not an adult now that got a ball handed to him when they're kids that has that same ball that they were get handed to. It's not the point. You, it's the amount of, of the the run that you get out of it. Because what I would do, if I would have got a ball back then, we would have played some league ball after that. I would have played with that ball. Right. And, and, you would, and it would have been awesome. Yeah. It would have been great. Yeah, exactly. Herb, what, what if you were like one of eight people in the section and you're a recognizable guy? People know you. Oh, that's true. Oh. Herb, the cameras you get blown you. up on you got cash A. Yeah. You get blown up on X. I would, but the, wait, but, I would. I would purposely throw a middle finger up so they would get off of me. Why are we shaming adults <laughs> for keeping a ball? They caught the ball. It's not shaming. It's more so. Why do you want it? Because why is it better that you have it over over this little kid? Why is it? Why is that? Why kid, does the kid need it? So why does the kid bad? need it? Yeah, he doesn't need it. You're providing the magic of the game to the kid. Mm. You're creating a fan for life. It's not my kid. That's what am not I, the point at what all. Am I, am I ambassador? Am I an ambassador of baseball? Wouldn't you love to be? For one kid, I think Rob Manford should for start that kid, program. If you if you could be an ambassador of baseball for one kid, it would be worth it, right? Oh, make me ambassador of baseball. No, not for White Sox baseball. I would I would like, hey kid, you don't want this. You want to remember this day as me being a dick to you and never be a White Sox fan ever in your life. Rob Manford comes up to you and says, "Hey, I'm starting I'm starting the uh, the ambassador of baseball program, yep. and I need a uh, one fan representation of uh, every team. Okay. I would like you to be the fan ambassador of the White Sox. Are you saying yes?" I would say no, Rob Manford. And also, where's your reg- resignation, jerk? Hey man, it's Theo's time. He put the pitch clock in. That man he makes did. me. <laughs> but the, that was Theo's idea, I believe. 
and true it, enough. Hey, true enough. But the credit always goes to the to the guy at the top, doesn't it? Does. it? And the pitch time <laughs> saved us a lot of fucking time in this national series. Sorry to swear, um, but That's my uh, job. I mean, yesterday that game was uh, two twenty. Uh, this this game I think was, uh, was a little three. a little long. Yeah, oh, the one team scored thirteen runs. Yeah, yeah. but uh, still, I mean, it, it kept it kept a clock on it, kept it going, and we're we're thankful to, for to Rob Manfred. You gotta for leave that. because all the people are bitching about the Bears people. <laughs> Why can't we start it? <laughs> yeah, it's a remote show, I believe. Isn't no one's kicking us off. I think yeah, just we're, we're just fine. get mad at get mad at Braggs. Also, though, we Hope don't really, do, we, do we have anything more to say? No, no. We're done. Okay. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. I do have something to say. What? Vinny wrote an article, allchgo.com, about Gregory Santos. Who's about now on the IL. Yeah. About yeah. hey, where's Gregory Santos been? And now he's on the IL. Yeah. So you can learn, Finally. you know, maybe why. They, they put him on the I.L. and maybe the thought process of, you know, the workload that Gregory Santos has faced in 2023. It's a great article. Go read it at allchgo.com. Liam Hendricks makes an appearance as well, uh, a written appearance. He's mentioned. And He's yes, Monty Rundell, too. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eknerall23. He's the ambassador of baseball for the Chicago White Sox. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. If you are still around... Hit the like button. We got 17. Ross Glowed. Ross Glowed likes. We would Chris like. Gets likes. Ooh, Chris Gets likes. Oh, Chris Gets likes. Yeah. There you go. Hey. What number was Josh Barfield? I don't know. Four? I don't know. Right. Just taking Have guesses. to go back to the through the annals of San Diego Padres history. I think we're at 18. Brent Lillard, Goodbye. Yeah.